Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live episode number 14. The Razorbacks are 21-5, and five, number 8 in the country, winners of 11 straight SEC games, 8 straight overall. Guess what? None of that matters now. The slate is wiped clean, postseason play is here, and the Razorbacks are headed to the Music City for the SEC tournament this weekend. This is what we've been waiting for all year. We're going to take a deep dive at what lies ahead for the number 12 Arkansas Razorbacks here today on Hog Hoops Live. All right. First of all, I'm I'm really excited to say that I'm fortunate enough to be able to go to Nashville. I'm pumped for it. Leaving tomorrow on Thursday, get to cover the SEC tournament live. That's exciting. From there, I'm going to go actually drive kind of halfway. I'm going to go to my dad's place in St. Louis for a few days. Then I get to head up to Indianapolis to cover the NCAA tournament. Let's go. I don't know how I'm going to fit it all in a duffel bag, but dang it, I'm packing with plans to stay until April 5th when they cut the nets down. Plan to do some stuff, you know, some live stuff there as well. Um, I'm not going to have the full setup with the microphone, the backdrop and all that, but would love to do some live stuff, you know, this weekend in Nashville, moving on throughout the postseason. I don't know what that would look like yet. I'm open to suggestions. If you have any, throw them in the chat. Uh, But we want to cover this event. It's exciting. We're going to preview all this SEC tournament stuff. Before we do, uh, we need to talk about these postseason awards, right? They came out uh, yesterday. I mean, (laughs) it's SEC postseason award season, right? Which we all know means it's Arkansas gets snub season. Listen, I was really, really happy to see Moses Moody get freshman of the year first-team All-SEC, newcomer of the year. It's so well-deserved. He's been phenomenal all season, but particularly down the stretch for this team, he's emerged as an alpha, the guy. A guy who can take over a game and, and win it for you in March, which is where we're at now. Well-deserved honors. J.D. Note, sixth man of the year, that's awesome. Nobody, in, in my opinion, can ha- nobody can hold a candle to what he's done for Arkansas, providing starter value off the bench. That's a big-time sacrifice. It's, it's selfless, and not only, in my opinion, is he one of the best scorers in the conference, he's really become a critical defender for this team. I love it. But, and there's always the but, SEC, you're telling me that your second-place team who's won 11 league games in a row, who hasn't lost a game to an SEC opponent since January 16th. It's almost two months. That team only has one all-league player? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? If that's true, how is it even possible for Arkansas to be where they are? It makes no sense. Now let me I'll, let me go on record here by saying... Look, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from anyone else who received some honors. They're all great players. They've all had great seasons. I'm taking nothing away from them. This is a top 10 team in the country, and they deserve to be recognized for what they've done. 
you know, I really do roll my eyes a lot when I hear people going off about, you know, the SEC bias and everybody hates Arkansas, but man, and I'll be blunt about it. I don't mind doing so because Musk did it <laughs> and more on that in a sec, but to me, Justin Smith not being at least a second team all SEC selection or an all defensive selection, that's negligent. That's ridiculous. There's there's really no excuse for that to be the case. There's no logical explanation. I even tweeted this yesterday after the awards were announced, and, I, and I'm dead serious. For over an hour after the SEC released those lists, I, I kept going back and looking over and over again to make sure it wasn't me that was overlooking Justin Smith. Like, hey, maybe he's on the list, and I, I've looked 100 times, didn't see him. Nope, wasn't there. That's crazy. I feel like Devo should have been all freshman. Period. I'm sorry, but it's it's like Trey said on, on his show yesterday. How can you be a freshman starting for a top 10 team in the country and not even be recognized by your own league? And he's produced big games. He's been a difference maker for the Hogs during this run. Again, no knock on, on anybody else who was recognized, but that's crazy to me. And I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but we did get some interesting quotes at the press conference yesterday. Uh, previewing the SEC tournament, but we had Moses Moody, Justin Smith, J.D. Note, and then Muss for the presser. And, and it was really interesting. One of the AP writers chimed in and you know asked Musselman about his approach to the postseason. Right? It was kind of a, hey, coach, do you feel good about where your team is at with this streak? Or do you, you know mix things up a little bit to avoid feeling overconfident? I mean, that's a fair question, but it's kind of where his rant starts. Okay, so, so Musselman's quote, <laughs> and you know, he kind of had the, the snarky little half grin going on, uh, but Musk said, am I worried about overconfidence? No. That's our job behind closed doors. Probably not going to be overconfident anyhow with the way the awards went today. Because we have some freshmen that I don't know how they were overlooked, but they were. Justin Smith has been as important to our team as any player to any team. Jalen Tate defensively, Vanover is one of the best shot blockers. We were left off the all-defensive team. I think we're a pretty good defensive team. I don't see why we'd be overconfident, especially with how today went with some of the individual player awards. Interesting. So then the same person has a follow-up question, right, and says, Hey, the, the best way to answer, you know, maybe feeling snubbed with the lack of awards and recognitions would just be to go win the SEC tournament title, right? And, and Musk responds with, no, I, I think we've already answered that through a whole league play. I don't think it's going to matter really what we do. The votes are already in. I'm just shocked. And he went on to say, I, I love to watch post-game press conferences, and after every game, everybody talks about this guy's a pro on our team, and this guy's Gary Payton defensively. Well, where are the votes? Because I hear all the press things. Last year, everybody said Isaiah Joe was a pro, and I could be wrong, but I don't think he was voted on either team, so I'm a little confused on that. Maybe I'm mishearing some of the post-game quotes by some of the opposing coaches after the games. End quote. Some pretty heavy words there. And really, that's my main thing with all this. Right? The, so the, the AP, uh, the media votes... Okay, fine, whatever. But that first set that came out, that's that's the coaches in the league. Is that, that represents all the coaches around this league, the same guys whose butts you've kicked for the last two months now. That's a reflection of what they think of you, <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I mean, so the, the PC thing for a coach or, or players to do would be, I guess, to kind of brush it off or give the no comment, whatever. No, 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 Musk doesn't do that. And I love that he takes up for his guys. That was my main takeaway from it. And people say that those awards don't matter, but they do. They do matter. It looks good on the program. Shines a light on them. It helps with recruiting. And coaches just want to see their guys rewarded for the work that they put in. I don't know. But if you think these guys won't use it as some bulletin board material in Nashville next week or this weekend, come on. 
some of the players let their feelings be known too. I thought Moses Moody was pretty candid. Um, you know, he said, you know, hey, I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors with these votes, but Justin Smith could have and should have been there. He got on to Devo and he said, hey, I, I wouldn't want to line up against Devo after getting snubbed off a list like this because he's going to have an extra chip on his shoulder now. It's probably true. You know, we flat got to ask Justin Smith if he felt like he got if he got snubbed or if he was surprised that he wasn't included on any of the lists. And he said he kind of blew it off, said he was surprised. But at the end of the day, it's just a list. But he did go on to say, uh, you know, some of those guys are still going to have to see me and see us. Those are powerful words. Don't poke the pig, SEC. Come on. It's a bad idea. All right. I spent more time than I planned on talking about that, but it's irritating. I can tell by the number of, of page views and, and comments on the story I wrote about it that, that y'all are passionate about it too, and I don't blame you. All right. On to Nashville. I, I think now would be a good time for us to play maybe a game of Would You Rather. You guys ever played that game? It can get you in trouble if you aren't careful. But for the purposes of this show, would you rather see Arkansas play Missouri or Georgia on Friday night in the SEC quarterfinals? Those are your options. They play Thursday at, at 6 o'clock Central. Uh, by the way, if you, if you want to scout the competition, Arkansas plays Friday at 6 Central against the winner. Uh, yeah, you, to me there's a, a few different trains of thought here. Let me start with this. I I'm not 100% sure of the status of Jalen Williams. I'm not 100% sure. I, I hear the same thing you, that, that you guys do, okay? uh, but I do not expect him to be available for the, the first game on Friday at the least. To me, if that holds true, these games become significantly more challenging for Arkansas because he'd be a big piece against either team. You know, if, if the Hogs draw Missouri... Uh, you know, who I think is probably the favorite is the seven seed, I guess. I'll be honest, I, I don't really like it. <laughs> I don't like it a lot. Uh, you know, to me, of all the teams Arkansas has matched up with and faced this season, this, this has been the toughest matchup, I think, for Arkansas. There's been some extenuating factors both times. I mean, they, they thumped you at home. Obviously, Justin wasn't available, and, and Arkansas couldn't throw it in the ocean. We all remember that game. Only home loss, first loss of the year early January. You got some revenge, uh, beat him in overtime at Missouri at the time. Missouri is ranked number 10 in the country. Remember Jeremiah Tillman, the big center for Mizzou, didn't play in that game. So, you know, if they meet for the rubber match, you've got Smith and Tillman. They can, they can finally meet up and knock heads this go around. Uh, but without the physicality inside Jalen Williams, again, if that's the case, containing Tillman, that's going to be a big ask for this team. You know, so what, what has to happen to survive in advance? I think number one, it starts with Connor Vanover. Connor's got to step up in a big way. I mean, you absolutely have to get, you know, 15 to 20 minutes minimum out of him. And, and he can't be, you know, a minus 10 while he's out there on the floor. I'm not saying that he has to completely shut Tillman down. But he needs to be more effective than he was the first go-around. I think the Hogs need an offensive spark from him, too. At the very least, you got to get that. If you remember uh, the second half of the game at Missouri, Connor was a big factor on the offensive end. He, he hit some big threes. Uh, they actually were posting him up because they, they put a guard on him. Again, Tillman wasn't playing, so they defended him with a guard. Um, so he posted up and, and scored at some and had some assists. He was a big piece to the puzzle in that game. I think you're going to need more of that from him if you draw Mizzou to get by him. The other thing that I think is important, you talk about Vanover you know, containing Tillman a little bit, with his defense, and, and we know his struggles in the pick and roll against Missouri, especially in that first game. Tillman does have to respect Connor on the perimeter, and, and that does that means it drags him away from the basket, 
as their primary rim protector, and it opens up driving lanes for Arkansas. I think that's very important. But he's not going to be able to play 40 minutes. And I don't know that this strikes me as a game where you have uh, Justin Smith play the five for an extended period of time like he did against A&M. A little bit, maybe. You know, some stretches here and there, but the whole time like that, I, I don't know. So I think the second most important thing is to have Ethan or Vance Jackson step up and give you eight, just eight to ten quality minutes. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Eight to ten minutes. You know, not a, oh, it'd be nice if they could come in and help out, but I really think they might have to in a game like this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I like Ethan as, as maybe a matchup here. I mean, he's, he's spent an entire game Garden Tillman before, and I think in short spurts he could be effective on him with his athleticism, his length. Might not be a bad option. But the thing is, Tillman's not the only weapon for Missouri. They, Arkansas has to offer some sort of resistance on Xavier Penson. I mean, the guy has absolutely owned the Hogs in both games that they played. And he's, he's a streaky, he's a very good player, but he's very streaky too in, in the sense of he can win or lose games for Missouri based on how he plays. He's played very well for Missouri in both games. He can't be out there banging home five threes again. He's not a bad shooter, but he's not Steph Curry. <laughs> you got to contain him from the three-point line a little bit better, which puts more pressure on you to keep him in front because I think what makes Pinson so effective is when he can kind of knife his way into the lane where he's not honestly not a great finisher, but, man, he can really – really kind of dish the basketball and that's where he finds Tillman for those little drop-off dunks and you got to contain him and keep him out of lane as well so Tate Devo it's a big assignment really big assignment you also want to start better offensively maybe just maybe Arkansas cracked the shell a little bit finally in that second half and overtime at Missouri but, man, the, the first three halves of basketball they played against Missouri, that, that Mizzou defense really made Arkansas look kind of lost and sluggish and uncomfortable. They're a veteran team. They're, they're kind of a big, physical, heavy team. They play good, sound defense. Uh, it took a while for Arkansas to figure that out. We remember the first game, Arkansas shot like 27% for the whole game. They came to Missouri. In the first half, they only shot, I think, 30%. And they were still in the game, but I remember sitting there at halftime going, man, can we just not score on these guys? But then they really opened it up in the second half. And I really think the chemistry is better, the ball movement's better. Uh, so hopefully a better offensive performance. Interestingly enough, I mean, I feel like a lot of people just assume that it's a given that Missouri is going to advance, but it's not. And this is not the same Georgia team that Arkansas waxed by 30, you know, without Justin Smith in January. They've gotten better, too. They actually beat Missouri by 10 a couple weeks ago. 
again, Tillman was out, but I mean, we, we saw how tough Missouri could be without Tillman. Uh, so that, I mean, that's a solid win for Georgia. I do feel like maybe the, you know, the, the Jalen Williams factor plays a, a pretty big role in this one too. If you remember Georgia, if you remember that game, they really like to get out and fly in transition. I mean, they get it up the floor in a hurry. The little point guard, short, stocky point guard, uh, Severe Wheeler, he's good. He's quick, shifty, um, leads the SEC, I, I'm pretty sure, in assists by a wide margin, and he can burn you in the open floor. He really hurt Arkansas early in that game, and then they completely shut him down for probably 30 minutes. And, and that's really, I think, what led to the, to the blowout win. But you got to contain that guy in transition. They've added a freshman guard, didn't play against Arkansas, uh, Katie Johnson. Another big, strong, thick wing. He can really shoot it from three. And, and so you add him to Justin Kyer on the wing. So they got a couple shooters in there. That helps them. Uh, but I, I think it's their center, if you want to call him that, that, that makes this kind of a weird matchup. If you don't have Jalen Williams, uh, Tamari Kamara, Tamani Kamara, sorry, uh, really, he's really just a big guard. I mean, six eight, six nine, super athletic guy that runs the floor, which naturally makes him kind of a horrific matchup for Connor Vanover. They'll attack that every possession. They did it right away when they came to Fayetteville, and and Connor was out of there pretty quick. Now, I do think this could be a good game for Justin Smith at the five, playing playing quite a bit of center. And I also think, again, you know, Vance and Ethan, those are two guys who could loom large. Actually, Vance Jackson killed them, killed Georgia last time. I think I, I thought it was his best game of the season aside from at Tennessee. The way he played, he either had 14 or 15 points, I want to say eight or nine rebounds. I'd have to go back and look, but... Nearly a double-double. I think he hit four threes. Man, if if you could get a, a breakout game from him at the SEC tournament, that would go a long way for this team. And then again, Ethan, I mean, obviously, we're talking about a, a, an up-tempo opponent that likes to get up and run the floor. Well, Ethan's athletic. He's mobile enough to run with him in transition. So we'll see. I definitely like the Georgia matchup better than Missouri, but uh, it's going to be a very interesting game to watch, see how it, how it turns out. And, you know, that's one thing Musselman talked about in the presser was kind of, I mean, obviously the double buy that you get from being the number two seed in the league, that's huge. That's a, that's a big-time benefit, but it does kind of leave you in the situation where uh, you don't really know who you're going to play until the night before. So he's trying to find that balance right now of, well, we, we need to get some prep in for both teams, but you don't want to overload them and, and get guys confused, right, and thinking too much. So trying to find some balance there. I, I thought it was really fascinating as a, as a basketball geek, uh, the way he talked about it, like, hey, we're just taking, you know, the top three players on the personnel sheet for each team, going through them. Their top three offensive sets, their top three uh, out-of-bounds plays. Right, and so just just kind of reintroducing some of those wrinkles. Obviously, Missouri. Uh, you know, at this point, you played them twice, and you played them fairly recently. I mean, you what was that February? I don't know, early mid February, when you played them. So there's there's a lot of recency there. Uh, Georgia, it's been a while, so I don't know. Maybe you spend a little bit more time, kind of prepping for them. But that's an interesting balance. And you know, Mus was talking about how uh, Michael, his son. It came to him and said that he, he felt like his brain, his mind was a slot machine, which is just things rolling over and over and over, trying to, you know, kind of look at all the different angles and, and keep everything straight. And, and that's why, you know, with them almost trying to, to keep themselves as a staff from becoming overwhelmed with two different preps, well, you got to do the same thing with the players. I thought it was pretty insightful, though. I asked Moses about that. You know, like, obviously, from a prep standpoint at practice, you're getting what you're getting, but... You know, as a player, how do you approach that from a mental standpoint? Because I know when I played, and I think a lot of guys are like this, you kind of get focused on your opponent. You, you have a pretty good idea of what your matchups are going to look like. You, you visualize it. You think about it. It's kind of a mental repetition thing. Well, how do you handle that if it could be two different 
opponents. Seems like it could get kind of convoluted to me, but I thought it was really interesting. Moses like, ah, not that big of a deal for me, man. I'm I'm just a freshman, so I'm used to playing the AAU, you know, the weekend tournament grind and everything like that. And, uh, you know, you, you'll play two or three games in a day and you might not even know who you're playing until you walk into the gym. So he's kind of kept that mentality. That's interesting. I thought, was, I thought that was pretty insightful for sure. And then, you know, the other big key to remember, we talk about that advantage of having the double bye. Uh, you know, both of these teams will have played 40 minutes of basketball less than 24 hours prior. So then the, the question becomes how did, you know, whether it's Missouri or Georgia, how do their legs hold up down the stretch of a back-to-back against a, a really good defensive team in Arkansas and a team that can get out and run the floor? So if you keep it close, you know, if it's a battle, does Arkansas have that extra push in, in the last five minutes or so as the opponent starts to get fatigued? That's where the big advantage comes into play. As you move further along, everybody's tired. If you if you watch those championship games in the conference tournament on, on Sundays or whenever, uh, it's usually not very good basketball because everybody's on their you know third game in three days or fourth game in four days, and they're a little tired and worn out, and it, it's usually kind of crappy, <laughs> to be completely honest, but... You know, and then if Arkansas gets through that, I guess the question becomes, what's the path to a title? They haven't won the SEC tournament since, what, 2000? Is that right? It's been a while. I think it's 2000. So, you know, in the semifinals, if Arkansas made it through on Saturday, they would most likely see uh, the LSU versus Ole Miss winner. That game, Ole Miss has to get through South Carolina first. I think they will. But LSU Ole Miss, that, that could be a, an interesting game. Could go either way. Probably depends on how LSU shoots it against that against that Ole Miss zone. And then if you get to the finals on Sunday, Alabama, maybe round three, that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. There's some, I mean, there's dangerous teams on that side of the bracket too that that could beat Alabama. You got Florida, Tennessee. Don't throw anything at me, Kentucky. Kentucky's over there. Uh, so I don't know. It, it'll be fun to watch. These conference tournaments have always felt weird to me. Like you, you want to finish on the top of your league. It's a big deal, you know, especially for teams who need to earn that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Well, Arkansas, thankfully, finally, not in that situation. So I guess you know the the big picture for Arkansas is it's all about seeding, right? You know, as as of now. Most places have Arkansas as a pretty solid lock as a three seed. Man, that's something. I, I did not expect to be saying that in, you know, mid-January <laughs> when when everything was kind of hitting the fan there. But I, I do feel like they're pretty solid in that spot. You know, I, losing to Missouri in the quarterfinals, another team that's pretty much a lock for the NCAA tournament, I don't think it's going to drop Arkansas off the three line. I don't think it would drop them to a four. I really don't. I honestly doubt losing to Georgia would either. I, I It might depend a little bit on how some other things shook out around the country, obviously. I, I do think that Arkansas stands a chance to play their way into a two seed, though. Wouldn't that be something? Lenardi has them, Joe Lenardi right now has them as the the number one three seed, the highest rated three seed. So essentially they're one spot for moving up to a two. And you know, I, I people say, well, do they just they need to go win the win the SEC championship then and, and move forward. Well, yeah, that would be awesome. I really do think that for the most part, those seeds are pretty much locked in Sunday morning before those conference championship games. Most of those final decisions, I, I really believe this, that they're made Saturday night and the only things left or, or, you know, if anybody's going to steal a bid by winning a championship. So if that's the case, you know, with Arkansas, I think if, if Lenardi's accurate this year, but most people have Arkansas as a, sol- a solid three seed. You know, Lenardi has him as the top one. If he's accurate, or if, or if maybe you're the second highest three seed, to move up to the two, I mean, if you beat a Missouri and, say, an LSU – 
and make it to the championship game. I mean, those are two two more wins over tournament teams. Chances are somebody in front of you is going to lose because it's basically all Big Ten and Big 12 programs, right? So something's got to give. They're kind of beating up on each other. So there's a path to a two. And honestly, I mean, either way, whether Arkansas is a two seed or a three seed, they're set up to get an incredible draw. I mean, you never know what will happen, but by the chalk, I mean, Arkansas is going to be a team that's favored to make a run into the second weekend. Sweet 16. So I'm going to be very, very anxious to see how the bracket shakes out on Selection Sunday. I, I think Selection Sunday, I, that that bracket reveals at 5 o'clock Central, I think, on Sunday. Hmm. Exciting times. Really exciting times. It's all about matchups when you get there, but man, oh man. Okay. We got in about a half hour. I, I do want to get to some questions and comments. See what's on your mind. Cody Payne says, can't wait to have Bud packed like the intermission image again. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Despite the limitations you know, with, with the attendance and things like that. Uh, you know, I think they've been stuck at about mm, 4,000, 4,500. Maybe been a little more in there the last couple games. So, you know, uh, it's been really loud, really, really loud. Uh, and, and I've been in Bud Walton Arena for some really loud games. I, I remember that, that big Tennessee game was one that I was at where, you know, Gafford had the big dunk and Arkansas came back and got the win there. And it was it was packed to the gills and it was really loud. Um, but, man, to have 4,000 people in there, I mean, it's a definite home court advantage. I can't imagine with as loud as, it, as it's been, you know, for that Alabama game, even the A&M game, you're not even playing that great of a team. But uh, the crowd generated a lot of momentum. You put 18, 19,000, whatever in there. Woo. Place will be rocking. Yeah, I, I can't wait. They should have a good team again next year, too. So, Remy Sawyer says, J. Will's status for the first round of the SEC tournament. Again, not not 100% sure, um, but I, I don't anticipate that he'll be available. If he is, pleasant surprise. You'll take it every time. He's really emerged from him. I do think he'll be back uh, for the NCAA tournament, by the way. Um, but, man, what, a, what an impact he's made down the stretch. It'll be really nice to get him back in the lineup. He changes things. Trenton Johnson says number eight, Kurt, not number 12. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I realized as soon as I said that, actually. Number eight, top ten. Let's go. Uh, Marquise Martin says Arkansas has a bye for the first two rounds. That's true. Yeah, first round is tonight, Wednesday night. Um, kind of a little play-in game there between, who is it, A&M and Vanderbilt, I think. Normally you'd have two of those, but since Auburn isn't postseason eligible, uh, then South Carolina went ahead and, and made it on through. Adrian Jones says, I believe Coach Must said Jay Will isn't going to be available for the SEC tournament. If if he came out and, and said that, I I must have missed it. Uh, an official announcement there. I one of the one of the players yesterday uh, slipped up and said that. Uh, but then he doubled back and said, actually I'm I'm not sure what his status is. So I don't know if he was covering his tracks there or if or if he's really not sure, but um, you know, last update I got was it they're not 100% certain yet what his status will be. Remy Sawyer says, ouch, we're going to get outsized. Yeah, if it's Missouri, we will. That's true. Again, Connor's got to step up for you. Connor's got to step up for you. Yeah, I, I see I see some, you know, speculation there, whether it's, you know, COVID or anything else. Again, you know, you you hear a lot of things going around. Um, when it's something medical like that, it, a lot of times the university's not going to make an official announcement. Um, you know, so obviously not something that we really want to want to comment on too much, but um, you know, again, as of right now, 
unavailable. Roman Burnside says, get it, son. Brandon Huckabee says, excited about our, our chances, brother. Great coverage as always. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited about Arkansas's chances, too. It, it's interesting. I, I feel better about this the chances of this Razorbacks team uh, in, the, in the NCAA tournament, the big dance, than I do the SEC tournament, to be honest. Um, like I said, a little, I'm a little iffy about that potential Missouri matchup. You know, it, then you run into an LSU team who's – you know, giving you trouble in the past. I, I thought they really, really broke things open uh, in the second half against LSU last week, a couple weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, you get to that NCAA tournament, you got a high seed. You know, you see crazy things happen all the time. You know, if Arkansas is, a, say, a three seed and play a 14, you, you'll see those upsets every now and again. I think this Arkansas team is, is built to win and make a little bit of a run in March. They're kind of a postseason built team with the way that, you know, they're able to to win games in different ways, um, kind of adapt based on matchups with opponents on the fly. Uh, I, I think all those things play into their favor. And again, higher seed you are, the the better your odds are of making a deep run. So, again, they should be favored to make it at least to the Sweet 16. It's really exciting. George Omler says, Curtis, how much difference is there between Justin Smith and Herb Jones? Am I wrong in thinking they're pretty similar? Well, Justin Smith has better stats. But, no, I, I, I think Herb Jones is a, is a tremendous player. They're really similar in, a, in the sense of I think they're both kind of the glue that, that brings their teams together, two really good teams. Both incredible defenders. Herb Jones might be a little bit more versatile as a defender where he, you know, he can defend a point guard all the way through center. I think Justin Smith's really good for you at, at three, maybe four spots. But he's a great defender as well. You know, as, as far as scoring is concerned, Herb Jones is a little bit better uh, as a shooter, a perimeter shooter this year. He hasn't always been, but he's shooting, you know, 40-plus percent from three this year. Uh, I think Justin's a little bit stronger inside as a finisher around the rim. But there are some similarities there. And it's really interesting to me, again, then that, that Herb Jones can be your SEC Player of the Year. Fine. Deserved honor. SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. I, I, I really can't argue that either. But Justin Smith can't even get a second team. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <clears throat> Will Allen says, I, I believe it would be okay without Jay Will. I mean, it would be nice to have him, but the adjustments that were made last game, even with Justin throwing around down low and speeding defense on the perimeter, will be okay. Yeah, there's some truth to that, too. I mean, so they, what, two games now that they played without him, so you're starting to figure some things out, get a little bit more comfortable with some different roles and, and using different guys, so they'll be ready for it. For sure. Would you love to have him just for that individual matchup? You know, his size and physicality, rebounding, charge taking, all those things that he brings to the table are hard to replace. But yeah, they, they can adjust. I agree. Trenton Johnson says, feel like there's a good chance we end up playing Mizzou. How do you think we match up with Jay Will being out and their their big man being back? Yeah, we we definitely pretty much covered that there. It's not ideal but you have options. That's the beautiful thing about having depth, right? You got a guy like Ethan who's experienced that you can throw in there to give you a few minutes. You got a guy like, you know, even Vance that you can put in. You, you probably wouldn't put him on Tillman. If, if you play Vance Jackson, you probably put Justin Smith or Connor, who's ever in there, you know, on, on Tillman. Uh, but Vance kind of gives you another option there at the four. If you wanted to keep some size and move Justin Smith down to the five. John Dexter says, hey, Curtis, any news on the basketball recruits? I want to know what they think about our rise up in the polls. I tell you what, people are taking notice. This has been a good thing for recruiting. Um, you know, I, I think one thing to really keep an eye on right now is that transfer portal, which is, I mean, it's always blowing up at this time of year, but it's, it's just going to be a little bit different and a little bit more hectic this spring and summer. 
a lot of it is because of, of COVID, right? So you're going to see a lot of players who, you know, whether they came in as freshmen or, or transferred or whatever, these are guys who had to make decisions based off of Zoom, right? I mean, they didn't get to visit campus, didn't get a lot of FaceTime with, you know, coaches or, or potential teammates. So it, it leaves a greater margin of error when it comes to making the right decision for yourself. So you're going to have more people enter the portal, for one. Two, there's a lot of momentum still for that, that one-time free transfer, right, where, you know, even if you're not a grad transfer, that you can, you can hit the portal one time and uh, be immediately eligible at your next stop. Think about how many, how many people that might stop from hitting the portal normally, where they might be like, yeah, man, I'd, I'd kind of like to, to get out of here and go to my next stop, but, uh, man, I don't want to set out for a whole year. And, and just have to practice before I can play again. Well, if they take that away, and I know there's momentum building towards maybe a like a one-time, one-year exception for this, um, again, it's going to increase the number. So the options are going to be ridiculous, and that gives Arkansas the ability to, you know, if you take a look at it, they have one spot open right now, as we knew. You know, the, the Moses Moody thing, again, I mean, the way he's playing right now, He's gone from lottery status to a potential top 10 type pick. So then if he declares you got two spots, and, and really Arkansas will be in a position because they played so well to be super selective, aggressive in the portal like always. They're going to contact everybody. So that everyone that hits the portal, you'll see someone tweet out that says, you know, Arkansas among you know five other schools or whatever has been in touch with so-and-so who hit the portal this morning. Expect that. Uh, but they can really be selective to find the, the right fit and kind of hit a home run when it comes to who they bring in a, a, as an impact player. And the high school guys are taking notice, too. Again, you know, you think about what this Arkansas team has done, number eight in the country, not 12. That was last week. Number eight in the country, and they're relying on freshmen. You take a look at what Moses Moody's doing, freshman of the year, making such a huge impact, Devo in the starting lineup, the way he's emerged, even not as a one-and-done guy, but to get that opportunity and then, you, you know, you see what you see from Jalen Williams, guys notice that, and it's and it's, it's a situation where it's like, hey, I have goals when I get out of college, but I sure would love to play when I get there. And, if, and now you know with Musselman, if you come and you earn it and you do things the right way, whether you're a freshman, grad transfer, whatever, you're going to get an opportunity. That helps for sure. Um Quite a bit of buzz, you know, about certain guys. I don't know. I don't know how soon something might pop. You always wonder about that, it, you know, kind of in the middle of a postseason run when you're building momentum. Do you do you want something to happen during that? Do you want to wait until right after it's over just to kind of extend that or sustain it? But yeah, they're they're in a pretty they're in a pretty good spot um, based on the way that they played. People are taking notice. Josh Weaver says, almost turning time. Great work as always. Curtis, thank you. Appreciate that. This, you know, it's like Christmas for guys like me, people like us, right? You got March Madness going on. Heck, everything. Baseball is rolling, you know, number one team in the country. That's fun to cover. Spring football is getting going. You got a quarterback battle with the Razors. You got all these things going on right now. It's I've been saying it, I feel like, for weeks, but it's an exciting time to be a to be a Razorback fan or, or certainly someone that covers it. George Ulmer says, I hope we play Georgia because I don't like our matchup against Mizzou, especially without Jay Will. Yeah, we talked about it. it does make it challenging. Hmm, I didn't mention this. It's a good point. John Dexter says, I'd, I'd rather play Mizzou. That gets us more prepared for the NCAA tournament and those Big Ten teams that use a traditional big man play the best and beat the best. John, that's a really great point. Um, because a team like Missouri, a team that's built like Missouri, is one that is challenging for you. right? It, it is. It, it does pose a little bit of a matchup problem, and you're eventually going to run into someone like that. Maybe someone like that who's more talented than Missouri is. So I, I agree. There's some benefit there, especially in a situation where if, if, you, if you do play Missouri, you're shorthanded, you know, worst case scenario, you lose. It's not going to hurt you, but man, it, it really would help prepare you. Learn a little bit more about yourself before you get into the tournament. You mentioned those Big Ten teams. That's so true. You take a look at Michigan, 
for example, they're so big and heavy. They, they really remind me of kind of like a Missouri on steroids kind of team. Um, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit better, right, in, in every area, but a similar style of play. If you get a Missouri team, you know, right before you go into the tournament, uh, that could help you in that preparation. Absolutely could. That's a really great point. Josh Gar says, honestly, I hate to say this, but I'd almost rather drop a close game in the SEC tournament and get it out of the way. I understand that. I, I do think it helps, you know, the Texas A&M game where you're playing a team that you probably should run out of the gym and they're hitting a lot of shots. And, and really, Arkansas have been in a spot where – you know, they've been able to kind of land a knockout blow on some teams. That includes Alabama, LSU, where, you know, Arkansas kind of flips that switch at some point in a tight ball game, and they run away from you. And you thought they were going to do that against A&M, but the Aggies, to their credit, man, they just kept hitting shot after shot after shot and responding, and you really had to dig deep there when you didn't have your best and someone else did and find a way to win. And that could happen at the NCAA tournament. So I think that was a really good experience for him. Probably brought him back down to earth a little bit too. Like, hey, it's been a while since you lost, but you're not invincible, okay? Somebody could get you if you don't bring your A game. So then I understand the, the thought process behind – it's kind of the same behind maybe maybe dropping a game at the SEC tournament. If they do, uh, not necessarily a bad thing if it happens. Mitchell Ramey says, who are the top transfers to keep an eye on? Oh, boy. Well, uh, you know, one that, that really stands out to me right now is Aldis Tony, uh, a 6'6 wing transfer out of Pitt. And, you know, as, as I understand it, it's, it's a guy that Arkansas has made a priority. They're heavy on him. A lot of other people are. Uh, but I, I definitely think the Razorbacks are going to be in the mix there. He's a good player. I mean, this is a guy that's averaging, you know, 14 points per game at an ACC school. Uh, you know, you think about maybe having to find a potential replacement for a Moses Moody, uh, different style of player. He's 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 a decent shooter, but he doesn't shoot the volume of threes that Moody does. But you want to talk about a plug and play? That's a guy for you, a home run type of type of hit that you could have. You know, in that transfer portal, he's one to keep an eye on, and it just continues to grow every day. I mean, Justin Powell, the the freshman that was you know really killing it for Auburn early in the year, and then he, you know, he missed time with concussion. He hit the portal this morning or last night, one of the two. Uh, and, you know, you, you continue to see these mid-major guys who just put up ridiculous numbers, uh, you know, as the season ends for these teams, which for a lot of them it's happening now and it'll happen this weekend. It's just going to be a flood. So, you know, the guys who might be at the top of the list right now, well, you know, when – when when a, the prettier girl starts walking down the street, right, and, and hits the portal, uh, the priorities might change a little bit. So it's going to be something that's ever evolving. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, trying to figure out a way to to get that get that a little bit more organized and and keep up with it because it's going to be something to follow. Whoever they get out of that portal, though, I I, I bet you they're going to get a good one. But yeah, as far as the top transfers right now, Tony would be one I'd really keep an eye on. Adrian Jones says Ethan Henderson will have to step up too. I agree. Trenton Johnson says, do you see Vance Jackson stepping up and getting some minutes in the postseason? Yeah, I talked about that. I think especially, you know, if Williams is out and, and you know, however long that might be, you do kind of have a void to fill there. Um, so it could be an opportunity for him. He's really in a situation. I mean, he's always going to get in the game, it seems like, at some point. It's almost like, when he comes in, if he if he knocks down his first three, then he's going to continue to play. And that really gets him going from a defensive standpoint too. But, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see him have a big game at some point in the postseason, uh, especially because it's kind of been his M.O. throughout his career. I mean, they called him Vegas Vance when he was at New Mexico because he'd play in the conference tournament there in Vegas, and he was lights out and completely different player. So maybe maybe that's his scene. Nashville Vance. I'd be all right with it. Indianapolis Vance. Doesn't sound as good as Vegas Vance, but if he plays well, I'll take it. Sandra Griggers Hatch says, we're with you all day, all the way. Go Hogs. 
Mitchell Ramey says, any chance at all the seniors coming back since they are given a free year? The further along we, we go, I, I lean towards no. You never know. I think it kind of depends on how this, this thing finishes up, but um, I, I'd be surprised to see that. Again, Wouldn't I'm not ready to 100% rule that out yet, but the further along we get, uh, I, I, I feel like personally the less likely that might be. And then George Ulmer says, what senior would benefit the most by coming back for an extra year? I mean, the easy answer is Vance, if, if he could come back and get more playing time, right, to, to kind of build his stock back up. But, um, you know, I think Smith, at this point, I wonder if his stock is about as high as it's going to get. I mean, you can talk about developing that jumper even more, and, and maybe that could help elevate him a little bit. But with the way he's played, um, you know, this might be a good time for him to go. Tate could be a guy, you know, who can continue to improve. He's kind of shown his chops as a guy who can knock down the three. So, I mean, hey, if you're 6'6", six, six, um, and, and defend the way that he does, and if you can really become consistent from beyond the arc, it, you know, NBA, they love the 3 and D guys, so maybe he could get on as a, as a G League type guy. Could he continue to develop that over the course of another year at Arkansas? Sure. But, is, you know, are all three of those guys going to have some opportunities to go play somewhere and make money doing it? Yeah, they are. So it, it, that's the decision they have to weigh. Corin Price says, what do you think our chances are of landing Magnolia's Darian Ford, and do you like his game? Uh, right now, I, I like Arkansas's chances as much as anybody, to be honest with you, land Darian Ford. Now, again, you know, he's a, he's a top 50 recruit. Highly touted four-star guy, so the competition is stiff there. Uh, I know Baylor is is one school in particular to keep an eye on, uh, but I no, I I think Arkansas is in a, in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, of of the rest of the in-state guys that you have uh, for that 2022 class, you know, obviously Pinion's already committed, but I I probably like their chances with Ford the best. Now, do I like his game? I love his game. Kind of reminds me a, a little bit of a Devo, right? Where he's just kind of physical beyond his age and he looks like a grown man out there on the floor but he's had a heck of a year super athletic super athletic really strong driver off the dribble good mid-range continuing to develop that three um, and his man as he really starts to get that going he's gonna be tough to defend and he plays defense and he has great work ethic he, I, I really enjoy Darian Ford uh, as a player and and you know as talking to him and exchanging messages with him uh, just one of one of the most humble guys that you'll meet, and that's refreshing to see. So, you know, wherever he winds up, he's going to do great. But I, I like I like Arkansas's chances there. Chris Hall suggested a walk and talk. Love trades. We we talked about that a little bit. Might do something like that. See if we can get the you know, little Bridgestone Arena in the background. It'd be fun. We will do something next week while I'm in the in the in between in St. Louis, we'll, we'll do, we'll do a normal show. Um, but yeah, Nashville and, and Indianapolis, we'll figure out something a little special. JW Hill says any info on Marjan Beauchamp? Yeah. So, so this is a, an interesting name to follow that they, they kind of just got back on the radar. So he was actually a 2022 prospect six, six wing, um, out on the West coast, really, really talented player. One of those guys that he's a plug and play can do it all. Um, he actually took the, the similar route to Kyrie Walker, if you remember that name, uh, where he kind of just decided to take this year and, and work out at this training facility and prepare to go pro. But now he's opened up, you know, his recruiting. He's, and he's, he's, I think he's still weighing some pro options, but he's reconsidering college. Uh, and Arkansas has been all over him. And they had, they've had the entire staff on, on Zooms with him and virtual visits. Uh, you know, if you, and if you take a look at him, you know, if you, if you follow him on Twitter, he sure is starting to pick up a lot of follows. Some of those Arkansas coaches, you see him liking a bunch of Michael Musselman's tweets and things like that. And that's, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, um, but it's definitely not a bad thing, right? So definitely one to keep an eye on. He'd, he'd be a 2021 guy, so so coming in for next season. Uh, again, really talented player. I, right now, I you know he's going to have a lot of competition in terms of getting him. Washington State's one to keep an eye on. I think there's some connection there. Um, yeah, Arkansas's in the hunt. That would be a big get. Big time get.
Trenton Johnson says, love this team. We've just got to find a way to get better starts. Yes, to games in the first half. We can do that. We're very tough. I agree. I agree. Can't bury yourself early in the NCAA tournament because teams get hot and they stay hot. John Dexter says, I honestly think Georgia's going to win. They're playing better than Mizzou right now. They are playing better than Mizzou right now. Yeah, they're rolling a little bit. Mizzou um, kind of reeling. Had that tough home loss to LSU. I think they've lost, what, five out of seven? You know, people thought they were – when that first release came out and they, they released the, the top 16 teams, you know, the, the top four seeds, Missouri was on that list. And then that's when Arkansas beat them the next day, and then they've kind of been nosediving since. They're still solidly in. I, I see them at like the 7-8 seed range, but definitely not the, the top 15, top 10 team that, that they were for most of the year. Gary Schaefer says, what transfer possibilities do we have for adding to our 2021 class? Talked about that a little bit. There's a few to keep an eye on now, but it, it's that's probably literally probably changed and evolved since we've been on the show. Thanks to not only the transfer portal, but also the, the way Musselman and that staff just, I mean, as soon as a name pops in there, boom, they're on it and, and reaching out, gauging interest, which is really cool. Josh Gar, if we win the SEC, we have to be a two seed, agreed. Even if you make it to the final, I think you are. Trenton Johnson, was the attendance going to look like for the NCAA tournament? How many fans are allowed? Um, I wonder if that varies by venue, maybe, because it's all in Indianapolis, but some of the games are going to be at Lucas Oil, which is the, the Colts facility, and then others are going to be at some of those college gyms. I think they're using Hinkle, which is Butler's, the Assembly Hall, which is Indiana's, and Maybe is Purdue's another one? I don't know, but they're using some of those facilities, so it would probably depend on how much capacity you have in terms of how many people you can put in there. Philip Hearn says, thanks for the update. Enjoy watching y'all's coverage. Let's get it, Woo Pig Suey. Thank you. J.W. Hill, Ramel Lloyd, possible silent commit. Ramel's an interesting prospect. He's another 2022 guy out of state, um, has a lot of really good connections, with the staff that includes David Patrick and and Musselman. Um, I, I don't know about silent commit and, and things like that. Uh, but but what I will say there's some there's some momentum there. And he's a guy I think that that could make a commitment one way or the other at, at some point here in the fairly near future. Arkansas's in a good spot. They've got as good of a shot as anyone for Ramel. George Owner says, Curtis, is the hardwood background because your show is about a sport that is played on hardwood? Yes, thank you. Thank you for noticing that. It is. That's one thing that, that me and Trey talked about. You see a lot of these shows that, and, it, and it's cool, you know, just people hanging out in their house or their office or whatever. Um, but, but Trey's setup is so awesome, <laughs> you know, with everything that he's got going on. He's he's really taking care of me in, in terms of getting me set up. We still got a couple of things to figure out with the the microphone at times, but uh, yeah, he's he's really taking care of me with the office and, and the backdrop is a nice touch, the hardwood. Glad you saw that. few more here we're at 57 minutes but i want to get to everybody's stuff so andrew douglas effort says can we have connor coming off the bench instead of starting i think it would be better for him to see the game pace i've been wondering about that for a while now but that's why they pay must the big bucks i think he's pretty locked in there i think he likes the continuity of that group um you know maybe you would have saw a jalen williams eventually emerge into that spot but i think he likes the freshman kind of getting a feel the same idea seeing the game for a little bit before he before he throws him in there. Jimmy Wilson, where's Desi Seals? Hasn't played much. Yeah, he's he's kind of gotten gotten passed up a little bit with the emergence of Devo and as good as JD Note has been playing off the bench. Uh, but he's 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 gonna have his spots and his moments. We saw it at South Carolina where he came in, hit five threes. George Omer says, Curtis, we're recruiting uh, or looking at any transfers who are a passing point guard, feel like. That's one area this team could improve, or will KK help fill that role on next year's team? I, I definitely think KK is going to help help fill that role on next year's team, uh, and and I know that they're trying to develop, you know, also Devo uh, to be a stronger option as a lead guard, point guard. They've been working on that with JD Note. Uh, could they benefit from adding someone like that? 
yeah, and and might they? Sure. Uh, do I think that's their top priority? Not so much. You know, I, I think right now it's it's kind of more on the wing, finding that guy, you know, 6'6", 6'8", good length, uh, that can help replace some of that scoring that you might lose of Moses Moody and then and perimeter shooting. Uh, but, yeah, I, I could see, you know, possibly a point guard addition. Joey Moses, can this guy, Iola, play? Uh, can this guy play? Yeah, so Bebe is cleared. He's the Stetson transfer, right? So he he played two years under Corey Williams at Stetson, really put up good numbers uh, while he was there. And he he set out last year with, with Connor Vanover and J.D. Note, practiced the whole year, was going to be good to go just like them, tore his ACL over the summer. He just got cleared. Would he play like a, a minute and a half at South Carolina, which was really cool to see him in there. Um, I, I think he'd be a good role player for you. I don't know that that's going to happen right now. Just just with everything you got going on, do you to break in a guy who hasn't been there? Uh, that's a challenge. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward because you're going to have a lot of guys who kind of fall into that same category, right? You know, b- between him and Ethan Henderson, you kind of got two of the same there. And then you also have Connor and, and Jalen Williams, two guys who can also play the five. You're bringing in a Coleman Wine. You know, at six at ten, who's a power forward, but you know how Mus likes to play small ball at times. He's in there. Kamani Johnson really likes to to get in there and bang around in the paint. Uh, so you're gonna have all these forwards. I you have so many. I don't know what you're gonna do with them. But again, that's why Mus gets paid the big bucks. He'll figure it out. He did this year. Remember, we were looking at it, going, "How the heck's he gonna play all these guys and and keep everybody happy and everything like that?" And it works itself out. It really does. Uh, Joey also asked about Obakwelu. He's a he's a walk on, um, walk on senior. So this will be his last year with us. And Moorhead again, and he and he's a freshman walk on on the wing. It would have been cool if we could have seen those guys a little bit more, maybe in some of those games that Arkansas had control of earlier in the season. You you like to see that, but they're working hard, and and those guys often go unnoticed, but they're a big part of why the team is where they are because you got to get better in practice. And that's where those guys make the biggest impact and sacrifice. It's not easy being a walk-on. It is not easy at all. But those guys grind just like everybody else. And they don't get the accolades and, and the clout that comes with, you know, the big minutes and things like that. But that's the sacrifice you make for the team, and it, that's big. Daniel Fair says, love the coverage on the Razor's Edge. Curtis, thank you. Razor's Edge is awesome. If you're not subscribed with us at Hog Sports, the best reason I can think for you to do it, I mean, obviously, we're we're proud of our content and everything that we put out there, but the Razor's Edge, those message boards, that's fun. I mean, it's like a it's like a big family, sometimes dysfunctional, but we love that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a blast. A lot of good information on there, a lot of good banter. It's not even always about sports, so good times. And Daniel says, also had no idea. <laughs> also had no idea how to pronounce a Cole's name, so thank you. You're welcome. And then Joey Moses says, you were talking about the need for the wing. Does the Moralton recruit uh, fit that wing? Yeah, he, he's a 2022, though, Joseph Pinion, so we wouldn't have him next year, but the following year I, I definitely think he will. Which, by the way, we might have a Moralton magnolia State semifinal, I think, in 4A which would be a, a Joseph Pinion versus Darian Ford matchup. Wouldn't that be fun? All right. I think that's going to wrap us up. We've gone an hour. I didn't expect to go that long today, but I'm just excited to talk basketball. And it seems like you guys are too. I really appreciate you, as always, hopping on with your with your questions, comments, and everything. That's awesome. At any rate, again, we'll try to do something live down in Nashville. We'll see what it is. Uh, and again, I, I plan on doing a show from St. Louis next week. And of course, after that, March Madness in Indianapolis, it's here. Thanks as always for tuning in, being a part of the show. Always appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time on Hall Goops Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 